0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Friday, December 10th. Coming up on the show today, I'll try to explain a little bit about my Heisman ballot and what I expect to see in New York. We will get a crash course on all things college basketball in the SEC and in Middle Tennessee from Joe Rexrode of The Athletic. But we begin with a preview of the Titans-Jaguars game on Sunday. Make sure you check out the Kingston Group if you own a home and you're about to make a big financial decision either now or next month or next year. Just talk to the people at the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Have a conversation with them. I promise you, you will learn something from them. And even if you don't use them, you will benefit because their process is the best in the city. They're award-winning for a reason. You can trust the name, the Kingston Group. I promise you, go check them out. BuildKG.com. Before we dive into what the matchup with the Jaguars looks like on paper for Tennessee, let's get into the stakes for a second. Will this one game cost this team a playoff spot? Unlikely. Will it cost this team the AFC South Division Championship? Also pretty unlikely. But could it cost this team home field advantage or a first round buy? Definitely. And it absolutely impacts seeding in a huge way with just five games to go. But more importantly than most of that, it affects the way we view this team almost permanently. With losses to the Jets with Derrick Henry and to the Texans and Jaguars without him, it would be hard to consider this team a Super Bowl contender any longer. And it is as simple as that. The stakes for this game are tangible in the standings. But also from a mental standpoint, getting beaten by the worst teams in the division multiple times will have an effect on this team and definitely the fans. On paper, this is a team that the Titans cannot take lightly. Yes, the Jags got boat raced by the Rams last week and pushed around by the Niners, but over the last month and a half, this Jaguars team has totally shut down the Bills in a win. We're basically the last team to beat a now red-hot Miami team with a healthy two at Vailoa. They lost on the road to the Colts by one score and to the Falcons by one score as well. This defense will cause the Titans some problems, especially with the depleted, inconsistent, and unimaginative offensive unit the Titans have been fielding lately. Jacksonville isn't statistically scary at any one thing, passing efficiency defense or rushing defense or whatever. They are, after all, a 2-10 and 10 football team. But they have some individuals who can cause some problems, like a Josh Allen, for example, maybe a healthy Miles Jack or a developing Tyson Campbell. This is a game for Todd Downing to show us some creativity and for Ryan Tannehill to show us his leadership. Tannehill should have a healthier offensive line and more explosive backfield to work with as Jeremy McNichols returns and adds a dimension to the offense that no one else can really offer. So let's be creative. Let's see him get outside the pocket, use play action screens, and stop making so many big mistakes. The weaponry is severely limited, but injuries are a part of the game. And if your $30 million franchise quarterback is perfectly healthy and your extremely well-compensated offensive line is healthier than it's been all season, then you have no excuses not to play well against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. More than 13 points really isn't asking all that much. Offensively, Trevor Lawrence is growing out of his rookie status and and into a fully formed starting NFL quarterback by protecting the football a little bit better and actually running the football more effectively. He actually played pretty well in the loss to the Titans at home back in week five, due in large part to the best rushing day of the Jaguar season. They piled up a season high of 198 yards on the ground in the loss. So keep an eye on the Titans front line early, as you will know right away if they have corrected some of those mistakes from the first meeting or not. James Robinson was able to run all day back in September, and that cannot be allowed to happen on Sunday. Otherwise, if this Titans team is rested and motivated, doesn't turn the ball over, and plays well on both lines of scrimmage, they should snap their two-game losing streak and right the ship. If the culture and the leadership that we've all raved about so much is as strong as we believe it to be, then this is a game that the Titans should win relatively easily. They are, after all, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at home for a reason. So I'm not technically allowed to give you my Heisman ballot, but I'll sort of break down my thoughts and analysis on how I voted, at least how I made some decisions on how I voted as we head into the weekend with the Heisman Trophy being awarded on Saturday evening. By all accounts to Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, if you go by the Vegas odds, it would be a pretty monumental upset. And I would say there are a couple things about voting for this award that I want people to know personally before I give out my ballot on Monday next week. And that is number one. Like, I still see this as a 12-year-old kid. I still see the Heisman Trophy as the most valuable and coveted award in all of sports. It is the most important award in my favorite sport. And having the right and and getting the privilege to vote on it is something that I take extremely seriously. I do not believe that all voting members do that. I think a lot of voters pick out the best quarterback on the best team or the guy with the best numbers or the easiest offensive skill player and just give it to him. And I don't do that. I, I think you should put in a lot more effort than that. Now, again, sneak preview here that I'm not supposed to do. Bryce Young was on my ballot, but he's not in first place. I had two defensive players at one and two, and it was an extraordinarily difficult decision for me between those two players. I just think this was a year where defense dominated the sport. Defense was the reason that Georgia was number one all season. Defense is the reason that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh beat Ohio State for the first time in his career and got to a Big Ten championship and into the playoff. I just think that defense should be rewarded, and it's not difficult to find stars. Will Anderson at Alabama is arguably the greatest player in all of college football this season. Led the nation with 15.5 sacks, 31.5 tackles for loss, and had almost 100 tackles as a defensive lineman. You know how hard that is to do? Aiden Hutchinson, 14 sacks, set a single-season Michigan record. Both of those players could be number one overall pick type of guys in the NFL draft. So it's not about the talent. It's about the defense winning in big moments and carrying teams to championships, one and two in the nation. Jordan Davis at Georgia, Nicobe Dean at Georgia, two guys that absolutely deserve Heisman consideration. So my hope is when we see the voting on Saturday night, that we see a lot of defensive names getting a lot of credit for what they accomplished this year, and not just a bunch of offensive skill players, because it's easy for lazy media members to look at receiving and rushing and passing statistics and know who's best. Jordan Davis was double-teamed almost the entire season. That is where you have to start against the Georgia defense. So if you double-team Jordan Davis, he doesn't collect stats, but doesn't that make him outstanding and valuable? I think there's a great argument for a defensive player to win the award this year, even in the face of Bryce Young's amazing performance in the SEC championship game. I just want voters to challenge themselves to be more creative because this year in particular, you didn't have to look very hard to find really, really worthy defensive players for the sports most coveted award. And the 12-year-old inside of me that grew up playing EA Sports, I, I take voting for it extremely seriously. And I don't think enough voters do. It doesn't take anything away from the quarterbacks that have won the award, but I think we need a paradigm shift in how we think about voting for this award and trying to incorporate more positions. And that's what I tried to do with my ballot. Not everybody tries to do that. But that's sort of what I wanted to get off my chest as we head into the award ceremony on Saturday evening. I thought we'd take a crash course on college basketball as non-conference play is still underway. Conference play is still right around the corner. So I brought in Joe Rexroad of The Athletic. We'll talk a little bit about the storylines inside the state of Tennessee with Belmont and Memphis and the Lady Vols. But I wanted to begin with, is this one of the most talented and better groups of SEC teams that he's seen in recent memory?
1: I think, uh, I think you could make that case, Braden. I, I, you know, I think that it's gotten a lot better in the last few years, but look, I think that we may have a special Kentucky team and whether everybody else in the sec likes it or not, that helps dictate how we feel about the sec. Right. And I think he's got a really interesting mix, a very veteran, very transfer laden team versus the usual. Can he get these kids, you know, to play together? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about Alabama just winning at Gonzaga, Arkansas. So, I mean, you you got a little bit of continuity there. I'm still excited about Tennessee too. Uh, And and believe me, it's still, I want to wash my eyes out from, uh, you know, the the Jimmy V classic game. I mean, Kennedy Chandler is just a special player. And I, I think Tennessee will have a better chance of maximizing or taking advantage of his year with the program. Than you know obviously they did last year with Springer and Johnson so um you know obviously those programs stand out but and you know Florida has a bad loss they just came off LSU is loaded well we know LSU is loaded right Braden uh but they're under the radar and I tell you what that's a really good team look you beat Belmont by 30 I'm paying attention uh and by the way the the preseason player of the year Scotty Pippen is, is at Vanderbilt and uh you know, that's going to be a competitive team when, when Leon William when Robin gets back.
0: You mentioned Belmont there. Obviously, we always are all paying attention to sort of what the Bruins are doing. You've got Memphis, obviously, with the team. They didn't have a good week last week, but they're, they, they have all the talent to be a really good team. What are the other storylines college basketball
1: fans in the South
0: need to pay attention to?
1: I think Belmont is a good enough team to be like a 10-11 seed in the NCAA tournament. Now, I don't know if they will. They just won at St. Louis, another really good win. I mean, their net's like in the low 40s right now. And, again, it's like like 11th-year seniors are awesome to have. You know, I mean, Grayson and Murphy and Nick Mazinski. I mean, I, I think we were in high school, right, when they started at Belmont? Yeah, um, maybe you were. That's, that's a really good team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, let me tell you what. Real, Will Richard, along with Ben Shepard and what he's done, like those are legit power five big athletic wings who can do a lot of things, including guard. So that's the number. I mean, they are a team to very much watch. But I think Lipscomb also absolutely could win the Sun. son. Um, you mentioned Memphis. and They still might be the most intriguing story. I mean, you go from the recruiting class that Penny Hardaway lands to now. I mean, every chance he gets, he's calling out his veterans to any outlet who will call. You know, I mean, he's he's absolutely furious about that, about how, the, you know, the internal strife. And I, for one, cannot wait for Memphis, Tennessee um, in a couple weeks at Bridgestone Arena. But, you know, there's a lot of a great possibilities just in the state. And I also think, you know, the lady balls Ray Burrell out should be back at some point, but they've been tough, gritty, very good defensively. And I think eventually if they get her back at full strength, that could be a very dangerous team.
0: That was Joe Rexroad of the athletic, of course, Robbie and Rex road as well on one Oh two five, the game, make sure you check out all of his great work there. My college basketball, go to guru. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. That sort of says it all right there. The website is buildkg.com. Go check it out. Go look at their work. Go follow them on the socials. They have fantastic stuff all over the city, and they're successful for a reason. That's the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. You guys have a wonderful weekend, of course. Let's see if the Titans can get back on track. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, at Braden at 440 Sports as well for the company. We'll see who wins the Heisman Trophy. Have a great weekend, everybody. This has been the 440 for Friday, December 10th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.